On this week's Inside Marketing, we'll be talking about product thinking and how it's been used in news organisations. We'll talk about exactly what it is, we'll talk about where it sits within businesses and how it drives innovation. So stay tuned as we talk about the role of product only on this week's Inside Marketing. The Inside Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Dentsu and Irish Times Media Solutions. Hello and uh, welcome to this week's Inside Marketing. As I said in the intro, we're going to talk about product and I'm delighted to be joined by Jody Hopperton, who is Head of Product Initiative at International News Media Association. Welcome. I was going to say um, good evening, but it's not for, it's not evening for you, Jody. wherever you are. It's morning, is it? It is bright and early in the morning. I'm in Los Angeles. The sun is shining. I'm in Dublin and it's not. Um, what's it like over there? What's the mood like? What's the market like? How's business? What's the ad landscape like? And what's business like for you over there at the moment? Oh, well, I'm in America and Americans tend to be quite sunny and happy. Um, I think we're still waiting to find out whether there's a recession, but ads are actually doing okay. And interestingly, came out or a bunch of the news media companies have reported and they're all seeing different results in terms of advertising. So I still think it's to be determined, but... Everything's still brilliant here. Good. Okay. Well, um, I'm not, I was going to say I'm not as expert on this as I am on others, but if you listen to other ones, I'm not expert on lots of things, but I'm definitely not an expert in this area. So we're going to talk about um, product or product thinking. So first and foremost, let's start at the beginning and and maybe more for my benefit um, than if everyone else knows, and I just don't know what it is. So what exactly is product thinking? So when you define that as a as a kind of um, a division or whatever it is, is this a new thing or is it what, what we tend to do or see quite a lot of? It, it was an old thing, we've just rebranded it. So what, what is it? What, what does it do? What function is it? What department is it? And what is it about? So do you know what? It's actually come originally from marketing. We've kind of done a whole full cycle. So product thinking is balancing the user experience with the business needs, right? So for where I come from, news media, The fragmented distribution channels are what's really brought this resurgence of product, right? It's come from tech to some degree. But if you think about a reader, like now, the way in which you interact with the Irish Times, you used to get paper. Straightforward, Mm. you'd read it front to back, back to front. But now you might see the Irish Times online on a web page. You might have the app. You might see on Instagram. You might see on Twitter. And it's just been so fragmented that it needs this thinking of, well, what's the user experience end-to-end? What are the user problems and what are we trying to solve? And that effectively is what product thinking is. So that's what product thinking is. And you said it was, so it was originally a, a thing from marketing, was it? Is that what you said? Like, Because um, it sounded like I, I thought maybe it was kind of from, maybe it was from um, Silicon Valley, where it was from technology companies or, you know, SaaS businesses or things like that. Because it sounds quite um, sounds quite cool to say you're working on products. Um, so it, it's a marketing thing, really, yeah. Product is the cool new thing for sure. But um, yeah, it originally comes from marketing. So anyone that went to marketing class, the four P's, product, price, place, promotion, right? What's the product? Mm. Where are you putting it? And so it actually originally comes from marketing and you used to have reps who would go out to stores and figure out where their product would go, right? Which shelves would it go on? What would it look like? What's the packaging? So really, again, what's that user going to see? So it originally comes from marketing. And then you're right, it's kind of... Now, now that we've got all these digital channels, it's really technology. Right. It was Silicon Valley that brought it back. If you think about Facebook, um, or Meta as they now are, it's really that kind of focus on what is our product 
what's the end user doing and have someone that's really focused on bringing together the engineering and the marketing and all these different things to make sure that user experience is just perfect. Right. Um, so yeah, I can't, no, I, can't, I mean, I know what, I know what a product is. I just didn't know what a, what product, a division or a kind of, um, a specialist or a discipline was, if you, if you know what I mean. Um, I may be confused. We'll kind of unpack this a little bit in a minute as we talk about, you know, specifically within news brands, because I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast will be interested in news brands and and um, and media generally. So, um, it, it, innovation is. You talk about the Irish Times there and how it now it used to be a paper, and you know it shows up in many different guises now. And again, I'll get to some of the. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure everybody is as developed and they're thinking about that in news brand. Certainly in Ireland, I think there's probably a little bit of thinking to be done, but. Um, is innovation is a big part of what what you would do as kind of product lead in 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 your kind of team, if you will. Um, like, w- would that have been like? So you think about? I would have called that like in old money NPD, right? You know, people responsible for NPD, and an NPD would have been maybe a subset of the product team. Is that? Am I? Is your job like innovation focused, and and is NPD a big thing, and is that kind of NPD just a kind of an old term now that we don't use? But is that am I in the right space at all with that? Or yeah, I mean, the cynic in me would say, yeah, it's the same thing, but realistically, it's actually not. So innovation tends to be looking at new things. Okay. So in terms of product thinking, how you start with product thinking is what's a user problem, right? What's something that we're trying to solve? What what is it? So in the case of Irish Times and news. It's to keep people informed. Maybe it's to entertain. There's different reasons, different things that people might want. And then sort of NPD is more about, okay, well, what? how do we solve that problem? What is it? So in news media, actually, a lot of work that's been done is more about the existing products and improving them. Mm-hmm. So someone said to me recently, um, one second of speed is on the website or an improvement in one second on speed on the website is more important um, than any new feature that we build because right. getting faster to people is more important. And I think that's really true. So partly innovation, but partly also just working and improving on existing products. Right. So because it still sounds quite broad or maybe I'm just not getting at the moment. So, okay, think about it in terms of your your sector. So um because again, I'm not. Uh, there's probably crossover between different um, roles or functions of departments. No marketing, like there's a, a lot of confusion about like even whether UX or CX should sit within marketing or not, and that kind of stuff. And um, so, product as a as a as a function, if you will, thinking about your sector, so the news, the, the news and media industry, um, and then and then maybe uh, my brain works great with examples. So if you can kind of maybe give me a different example where a product might work. Let's go. So your your team, how many is on your team, or how big is that function, and then. What what is like um, without giving anything away? If you were doing this, that, if that function was in, say, the New York Times or anywhere like that, or, or somewhere like that, what type of things are they working on day in day out? What are the big things they're working on the projects, and then and then what might they be working on in a different sector? Just so I, I definitely understand it. Yeah, great question. So my role is to look at the industry as a whole. So I don't personally have a product team, but. Some smaller organizations, they might have one product person. Sometimes they don't even have product people. I'd have what they call product thinkers that are used to pulling people together from different departments. If you're someone like the New York Times, you've got a product team of 60 plus people. Right. And the product people are in charge of bringing people together around specific business goals 
or specific products. So the easiest way to explain product in this sense is a web page, right? Okay. So you've got an article on a web page. Well, first of all, the journalist or the editor is putting together this article. Maybe it's words. Maybe it's photos. Maybe it's an interactive graphic. Maybe it's a video. What's the best way of telling that story? Product can often help with that. It's kind of that bridge between editorial and technology. Then once you've decided that, it goes up on a web page. Well, it's not the only thing that's on the web page, right? Mm. Advertising want some space. Well, where's the advertising go? Because if you ask editorial, they don't really want advertising. And if you ask advertising, well, they've got goals to meet. So guess what? They want a load of space. Mm. And then the marketing team, well, they might be pushing subscriptions or they might be pushing an event. So they want some space. So product will really sit in the middle and pull all those things together and say, well, what's the best user experience here? What do we want our consumers to do? So from an editorial point of view, you can have the best article in the world but if no one can find it Hmm. or it's not based well then no one's going to read it so product is really about getting the right content to the right people and balancing it with the business needs of how we're actually going to make money right so it sounds like um which kind of leads me on to my next question um it sounds like it touches off lots of different disciplines. So, you know, and I know business isn't like, isn't like this, but we, you know, we do have departments or functions or silos and then, you know, but like, okay, so finance, everybody, whether they like it or not, has to kind of some sometimes go and kind of talk to finance or, or, or kind of row in to finance. So finance is one of those things that kind of runs across everything. And then you've got other departments that are somewhat disconnected. Like I see in clients all the time, you, you you talk to the marketing function or department or division and I say, well, you know, site speed, it's a bit slower or it's a bit clunky or if I fall out of the process, I've got to go back and start the whole thing again. They'll be talking, oh yeah, we can't touch that. That's UX. It's not, that's not in our, that's not in our department. It's not in our function. So thinking about a, a, a company and I guess there's no typical answer, but maybe in, in some of the, the in your industry, so news, where does product currently sit within within a company or an, or, an organization? Where does it sit at the moment, and and like where should it sit? If if you if you think, and maybe maybe and may, they maybe they're the same, or maybe they're not. So because I can see how how as you said there, the product itself is like well, it's the content, it's how that's displayed, it's, it, it feeds into UX, it feeds into design, it feeds into commercial advertising. So it's. It, it, it's a lot of different things. It touches on a lot of different disciplines, but but um, it feels like it feels like it, it could well be um, well, it could well be part of marketing or could input marketing. But where does it sit? And and you know, how does it work? Is it kind of borrowing from design thinking that at its best, at its operational best, it kind of works across teams with kind of um, you know scrums and squads and sprints and that type of thing? Long question. I'll shorten it. Where does it sit, and where should it sit? If there's an answer. Yeah, well, no, but you hit the nail on the head with the kind of multidisciplinary design thinking-esque. So I'm going to reframe it slightly to the most successful companies, I think. So the companies that have got the best products out there, here are the important things. That product is represented in the C-suite. And I'm saying this for news, but really it's anyone that's got any kind of digital content offering, any real digital offering is the same, whether it's SaaS whether you're a social network, whatever it is, I still figure it's the same. So it needs to be in the C-suite for it to be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. A good product team will bring together all of those threads. They will recognize what are the different departments they need for any given project and pull in those stakeholders. 
The reason it needs to be represented at the C-suite as well is because they need to have power. They need to be empowered to be able to make decisions. So going back to that web page example I gave, ideally then what you'll do is say, okay, we're real rebuilding an article page, for example. You'll then get someone from editorial, someone from advertising, someone from marketing, you know, engineering the relevant departments. Mm-hmm. And I'm oversimplifying this, but you'll get them in the room and say, right, what do you all need? And what are we trying to achieve, right? Because what editorial are trying to achieve might be different to what advertising are trying to achieve. So mm. what are we trying to achieve as an overall business? And then the product team will weigh that up. They will find the right solution based on what we decide are the user needs and then work with engineering to build that over an agreed timeline. And to be honest, the number one skill of a product manager is communication right. because you've got like speak to people, make sure you're understanding what all the internal stakeholders need. You've got to understand data from how your customers actually actually react to things, right? Mm. There might be marketing or consumer insight. So maybe you're getting some market data. So that product manager is really trying to juggle everything and come up with the right solution to solve the user needs that's been identified. Right. So, um, because I was thinking before, and it sounds like a project manager, um, but a project manager, you know, quite often it's a, it's a, it's a it's a thankless job to a degree because you've got to kind of work with all these disciplines. But you're you're nobody's boss, and you can't, you know, you just kind of have to try and manage like herding cats, as it were. Everyone does what they want to do, and you know, you're, you're accountable, but you, you can't. Um, nobody's reporting into you as such. So you think in terms of when it works best, um, that ability to kind of straddle different functions as it were but 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 a line of reporting has to be into like ceo level it has has to be if it's not it's more just a project management role is it yeah do you know what the difference is project management is more the back end of like actually getting something up and running but like project management comes from this is the solution we want and this is how we're going to build it and product thinking comes from okay what's the mission of the company what are we trying to do here right then you're trying to look at, well, what does the user need? What are the user problems around this? And you try and actually start with like a statement, like a hypothesis statement um, that says something like, if we do this, our users will do that. Why? And it will generate Z revenue. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it's a very, this is what we're trying to accomplish. And once you've defined, once you've kind of articulated that problem, you've set that hypothesis statement to say, this is what the user needs are, well, you've got to validate it. Because, I mean, I might think something, you might think something mm. that might be completely different, right? So what's the data telling us? And it's that market research, it's current consumers. And then you want to test it. So you build a prototype and then you take it out. You might A-B test it with a subsect of users. So all of that end is more product thinking. And then mm. once you've designed the solution, that rollout is more project management. So project right. management is definitely part of it, but it's not, that doesn't encompass okay. product that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I have a, a greater understanding of it now. Um, and I think that the news and media business is quite, like it's it's gone through tough times in Ireland, I think, and everywhere it's gone through really tough times. And, and there, there's not there's not many um, New York Times that have, that have I, I don't like the word, but pivoted and, and been very successful outside in, in kind of new channels, if you were, if you will. Um, uh, it's a thing in Ireland. I find sometimes I think um, whatever the legacy business was in terms of news and media organisations, I think that legacy business that's the kind of the gravitational pull towards that centre is so strong. They resist change. You know, we see it all the time. And 
seat in newspapers here. The the idea of I, look, I know state and church, whatever you want to call it, commercial and editorial. Um, but it's really complicated now. That, that, that was the old divide, you know, editorial fighting, as you said, editorial and commercial fighting and um, editorial integrity and all that. It's really complicated. You've got UX, you've got commercial, um, you know, advertising, you've got social platforms, you've got all the, you've got different, you know, audio, all these type of things. Uh, I think sometimes in Ireland, um, and I'm interested to see if you've, if you've found this elsewhere with legacy business, particularly the publishing side of things, I think um, there's still, you know, the, the the kings of the castle are the editorial people, the, that strand of it. They would see themselves as being, um, and they're predominantly writers, I would say. I'm not sure that they, a lot of them do enough with repackaging their content. But, um, I mean, I do think, do you think it's understand? Have you seen this shift? Is that just something in Ireland? Do you think that that commercial, like, as I say, well, without, commercial funds a newsroom now in most of these instances because subscriptions are kind of falling. You can rely on, on a subs business. So, is that just an, an anomaly in Ireland or do you think that's a, a problem with particularly the publishing industry that they, that they you know, that you haven't accepted that circulations are kind of, well, falling alarmingly and increasingly the money has to come from commercial and if there's no commercial, no ad revenue, no commercial side of the business, there ain't no newsrooms, but yet the, the editorial people still reign supreme um, in their heads anyway. Is that, um, is that Ireland being a bit of an anomaly or do you think that's, have you seen that before? Totally seen it before. So when I started out in newspapers, I worked at the Daily Mirror in the UK, in London. And if you were in advertising, your badge literally did not work to get into the editorial floor. You were not allowed right. into the <laughs> full stop, you know, and it's like, all oh, hell would break loose. But that was when there was one product. It's like when there was a paper. But now you said like, it, there's so many different products now because you've got audio, you've got web, you've got apps, you've got all these different things. And also we know so much more about our readers. So historically, you know, editors worked on their gut. These are the important stories of the day. That's what goes on the front page, right? Mm. Well, we know more about what our readers are actually looking at now because we've got all this data. We see mm -hmm. it every day. If we put this there, what happens? What happens if we put it there? What happens if we make the font bigger? What if, what if, what if? Mm. So that feedback into the newsroom is more and more important. And... The role of the editor is kind of, I'm going to say it's gone back to the root. So if you really embrace product really well, then editors should be saying, well, this is important. How are we going to tell these important stories and really focus on that, not about where it's going to place and who's going to see it? And should we shorten this for this? And should we put it there? You know, the editor himself can really focus on what they're great at, which is finding the right stories and telling them really well. And then product and other teams should look at how we get people to find those stories. If there are gaps, what are the gaps? Like that's that's mm. what products do really well. And I guess the hard thing for this is decoupling the content itself from the content experience is tough. So the Washington Post, their managing editor is also their head of product. Right. Because they they're so they're so interlinked that you can't have them as two separate roles. The New York Times, they've got a different chief product officer, but works closely with the newsroom. So there's not a clear answer on right. that, but it's definitely changing. And I, I think for the better, you know, it's hard. If, if you're an editor, do you have to keep up with Instagram and Twitter mm. and podcasts? And should we having um, our articles narrated? Should we create a synthetic voice? Should we be doing video? Should we be doing interactive graphics? Where are we investing in this? 
you know, true editors want to get to the storytelling part, I think. So it should empower, done in the right way, it should empower the editors rather than feel like they're having power removed. And so the editor gets to concentrate on the story and the content and then product, um, as you say, would be to to drive kind of to distribute that story. What would product also in a news organization be deciding, maybe not on an individual, well, on a story by story basis, if there's a big story, but as a general practice going, okay, well, well like, what are the big platforms that we have? Um, you know, how important is Twitter? How important, what goes on Twitter? How much goes out? How important are we doing it? Well, yeah, TikTok, but maybe you do, who knows? Um, in time, TikTok, maybe it's going out on, you was creating, is it a separate brand? Um, is it just an extension of that brand? Is product kind of getting involved in, in that side of things in newsrooms and thinking about um, platform distribution? Um, as in, there's a 5,000 word story and it's it's a brilliant story and thinking about this is really good we've broken something here um how do we best distribute that and 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 then going back and saying right we need to trim down we, we actually think this should be video piece as well would that come from product or was or sometimes or it needs to be a joint decision do you know it was a great article which i can send you to put in the show notes um that a lady called laura hertzfeld here in la wrote that every newsroom should have a matchmaker with technology right brand advocate, that that very first level of here's a story, before they go and write those 5,000 words, Mm -hmm. what should it be, what format should it be in? Because, again, it's so nuanced. So there's there's that side of it. You know, some things will look great in augmented reality. Right, yeah, yeah. don't have the resources to do that. Maybe some people want to start building a library because we know that augmented reality is coming. It kind of that, those kind of questions come from what do we want to do as an organisation, those statements. Um, I, I'm going to ask you, and I hate asking because when we think about publishing, I hate asking about this brand because they're, you know, they're, they've done a brilliant job. But I really think it's worth asking. The New York Times, without giving any um, trade secrets away, in terms of them as a, as a as a business. So from what you've, what you know, um, non confidential, obviously, like they seem to be a business that have really focused on product and the importance of product and and um, that as a function and and that user experience. So what are the type of things they've done well? And if any, because a lot of people listen will be in the media in, in business in Ireland. So what do you think they've done well? And what could Irish businesses with Irish budgets, let's bear in mind Irish budgets, um, do? Or what learnings could they take? Or what advice based on, on in, in terms of product and thinking about that, what advice could you give Irish media brands? Can I start with a different brand? You can. And then your time. Yeah. So Amazon. Let's okay. think about Amazon. Because they've no money. Yeah, that's fine. They're they're broke. They can't do anything. Rubbish, yeah. right? Useless organization. So Amazon, I think their product is awful, right? If you go on, it's cluttered. There's lots of stuff. But you know what? What they do really well is they optimize for one thing. And they that's where Jeff Bezos has been absolutely amazing. And that is the consumer. He wants right, to make yeah. it so easy for the consumer to buy that that's what they've done. So... I start with that because I think, again, it depends on the mission to what you're trying to achieve. And you've always got to start with what we're trying to achieve before you can do anything else. So so Amazon's done that. And yeah, it's been at the cost of a bunch of other things because they've optimized for that one thing. But how easy is it? You literally swipe Mm. and your product's like 24 hours later. I mean, in LA, you can get stuff in two hours. It's ridiculous. So I just said it because that's in terms of how you define whether a product's good or bad. What I think the New York Times are genius, you know, um, Meredith Copet-Levian joined, you know, a few years ago, she joined a COO, is now the CEO. And what she's recognized is that 
news is, is something that's very important. You know, the New York Times is obviously built on that journalism foundation. But you also want to fit in a customer's lifestyle. Mm. And that's really focusing on. So if you're a news organization, one of the things that product is trying to do is like build daily habit. You want people to keep coming back to your app. That's a business need, right? So the New York Times has done that really well. They've got great crosswords and puzzles. They know that's something that brings people back. They bought Wordle. You know, I'm sure mm. you saw that crazy game. And that's still bringing new people in. They bought Wirecutter, which is like a consumer reports. They're investing in cooking. So what they are doing really well is they're looking at what who their users are. Mm-hmm. Outside of their core platform, what are the other needs that our users have that are tangentially linked to what we're doing? Mm. And how can we build that in so that we become a fundamental part of their life? So what I think they've done really well in terms of product is they've used product thinking to look at what the user needs are, figured out the gaps in their business, and then come up with solutions based on that. Mm. And that, I think, is genius. And like the other thing I'd probably say is I'm using all the rubbish companies, Google. <laughs> There's a great website, which is I think it's called something like Google Graveyard. And it's all the products that Google have launched that have all been closed down. Right. And I, I, I'm i very sick of the Silicon Valley failure, you know, embrace failure. Yeah. Fail fast. But it's not about failing. It's about actually proving out does this work or not and not being afraid to close things down. And that's yeah. what Google's great at. And again, that's part of product, right? Because you, you decide what your solution is, you build an, a minimum viable product, and then you test it. Yeah. And they test it. If it does not work, they look at they why do. it doesn't work. Do. That's very important. Like, because you might build a great feature, but if no one finds it, of course, it's not going to work, right? Mm. You see, so you mm. look at the reasons why. But if you try all the variables and it's still not working, close it down, close move down. on. People are great at that. And I think any organization, mm. it's just human nature, right? If we've invested in something, we want to yeah. see it through to the end. And sometimes we've just got to go, do you know what? It's just not working. Yeah, as it's like the the last the last the final years of a failed marriage. Sometimes you're better off just say get get out, get out. I mean, the the wordle thing is funny because um, there's a whole load of people giving out. I was one of them, but then I realised there was nonsense. I was giving out about. I'd never since the New York Times bought it. They've made it harder. The words are harder. The words I've never heard of. And it's complete nonsense. But that's the power of the brand, right? That's the power of of the New York Times as a brand. Um, you talked about some of the. We're going to get into the process, but when we chatted off Mike last week, um, I read something that you wrote, which was, uh, you know, a, a, um, a paper you did, and we, we chatted about things, seven steps to successful media product process. So can you talk me through those seven steps, if you will, just a kind of a, a, an overview of the steps involved, and then maybe just kind of a little, you know, a little bit of detail about each of those steps, because um, it was really interesting. And, and to see it all kind of mapped out the process, I thought it was, it was really interesting. Yeah, do you know what? There's a bunch of different product processes, but I think what I learned is that everyone's got slightly different ones. And this, what we've built, that seven steps, just encompasses everything from start to end. So any product process should have these seven things. So number one is the mission, right? And this is going back to being represented on the C-suite. Your mission isn't to create more video. Your mission isn't to grow Instagram. Your Mm. mission is much higher, it's much more important, you know, and all departments should be looking at the same thing. It's not about an editorial or an advertising or marketing, it's what is the mission of the company? And anyone in an organization should be able to say what that overall mission is, because all of them can then figure out what they can do to move the needle on that. So that is 
the most important thing in the last 18 months, the number of people and product leaders around the world. I can't stress that enough. Right. Secondly, then it's like, okay, well, what is the problem that we're trying to solve? Right. Why does it matter? You know, how does it align with those goals? Mm-hmm. And if you're an internal person trying to sell something or you think that you've got a great idea, you need to tell the story, right? You need to say, look, users are doing this. This fits with our mission in this way and really be able to tell that through. Then you need to define the customer needs. You know, who's the product for? So here's a great product. We say it's for the users. Well, which users? So for example, I'm on a bit of a bandwagon about Gen Z at the moment. You mentioned TikTok. TikTok, hugely important, massive platform that's risen past anything else, Mm -hmm. including Google search. Yet, we sometimes think that we can just put stuff out over over TikTok. Mm. But you really understand that platform. You've got to understand the needs of those consumers. And those consumers are different to the consumers that are reading a newspaper. So really identify who the customer is for this particular thing. Then you've got to validate the idea. So yeah, I've got this great idea. Well, what's the data? What's the customer research? What can you do? What metrics can you use? And also what metrics are you going to use to measure it in the future? Going back to that failure thing, mm-hmm. is it a successful failure? You need to define that upfront, not six months down the road. So everyone knows what you're trying to work towards. Then you prototype it. Um, minimum viable product. You'll hear a lot of in Silicon Valley. I think the other thing that I've learned from this is not just minimum viable product, it's minimum lovable product. Right. And that is, you've got to put something out there that people actually want to use, right? Um, And people, you know, you want people to continually use that. So if it's too bare bones, might not be good enough to be a real test. Yeah. Then once you've got that, you test and iterate, you learn, you know, you change this, you tweak that, you see what's happened and, and you just, you do that for as long as you need to and you keep mapping it back to those predefined metrics. Maybe you find that it's doing something that you weren't expecting it to and you you decide actually this is meeting a different goal, but you need to make sure you're really clear on what you're doing with it. And then you share the results. And this is something that I think a lot of organizations miss. Hmm. It, whether it's good or whether it's bad, you need to share the results and you need to get the right person to share the results, right? If you get mm. someone who's all gloom or not respected internally or whatever it is, it's not going to work. You need kind of people that are evangelists and that are great communicators who can say, look, we tried these five things. They didn't work. Therefore, we're giving up. Or this is amazing and this is what it's done and this is therefore what we're going to do in the future. And that's really important because other people always want to join in the success. So going back to that innovation or change, particularly in the news organisations where we're going through this fundamental power shift almost from editorial to product and this more focus on business because we need more subscribers, we need to grow advertising. Like if you've got someone who's really advocating, this is something great we've done and going into the newsroom and really talking about it, well, guess what? Other people want to be part of that mm. success. So that those so those top and tail are the most important things and they often get missed that what's the whole company trying to achieve? And, and then, how did they and every uh, yeah, and how does everybody you know every? I mean, uh, it sounds it, it sounds there's a lot of similarities to marketing, which is kind of my function and my my kind of area special. There's a lot of um, a lot of similarities in that. Um, 
you know, so there's quite a lot of crossover. One of the things um, when I saw it in there, OKRs, talk to me, what's an OKR? It sounded like a KPI in masquerading in new terminology here that we're trying to, we're trying to give something a bit of a polish and make it sound. Is it the same as, am I being totally facetious here? Is it the same as a KPI or is it different? What does it stand for and what is it in, in, in your world? Do you know what the difference is? It's goals and metrics, right? A KPI is a metric, but it's not a goal. Okay. So, um, so going back to that like mission statement, that's the goal. And that's why OKRs are so, you know, big Silicon Valley thing. What's it stand for? Objective and key result. So your objective is this big, broad thing you're trying to do. And then the key results are the KPIs underneath it. And I think a lot of people focus on the KPIs. But again, it's that objective that's really important. What are we all trying to do? Mm-hmm. And then what are the, how are we going to measure what we're trying to do? Okay. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, I get it, and I, and I agree. Um, as I, it does sound a bit like marketing, right? So, um, like in, in terms of marketing, in terms of its end to end, its process. So, defining a problem, you know, north star, linking it with what fits the business strategy, testing, trying things, seeing if it worked, and reporting back and learning from that. It sounds quite quite similar in some ways to an end to end marketing function. Um, quick. Oh. OKRs or KPIs or whatever. Um, and and the, the customer centricity, which I think you'd said at the start. So that 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 kind of customer centricity of which seems to be at the, the heartbeat of, of product, really kind of think outside, if you will, the product and think about the need or the, you know, the, the, the consumer or the, the end user on that one. Um, how different is it to marketing though? And where where in your experience, um, where where does it differ from marketing? What are the, the big differences? So I'll probably get shot for this, but I think that product is when you've got people into your own environment, whatever that own environment is. Mm-hmm. And marketing's job is to get people into the environment. So that's, that's where fair. there's a lot of similarities. And if you think about the, the funnel, right, of trying to get people in, there's a lot of different ways to do that. But marketing is really trying to grow the audience, trying to bring people in. And then once you get people in the funnel, it's like, okay, well, how do we work together mm. to figure out to turn them into customers and yeah there's some overlap you know like product marketing is a thing mm. so if you know again let's take it back to irish times for example launch is a new feature well they need to talk about that feature is it product is it marketing if it's in the app or on the web page you know and you've got pop-ups and little tours is it product is it marketing it, that depends on the organization and to be honest it doesn't really matter what matters is that there's communication between the two and it functions. Yeah. No, I get that. That that that's a that makes sense. And I think it's 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 a simplistic difference between the two functions. But I yeah, I thought I, I agree that's marketing's job is to bring people in. Um because that's where it tends to hand over to CX or UX or whatever the case may be in different in different business. That's where marketing say, We've done our job, now it's not our fault. People left the site, we did what we were supposed to do. Um yeah, something else which was terminology what what's a, what's a user needs model can you explain that to me that was in the um in the seven steps and just expand on that a little bit yeah so with products you're really focusing it around the user and what they're trying to do or what their needs are so again let's talk about the news industry so my big bear i love this industry i spent more than 20 years in it but almost every single conference i go to we ask the question how do we get people to pay for our product Hmm. And that 
absolute antithesis of product thinking because product thinking is saying, what do users need and how can we fill that need? Right. Right. So it's basically just turning that on the head rather than building something and then trying to take it to market. It's looking at what does the market need and how do we meet that need? So it's really just that customer centricity. It's putting them first, but right at the front. It's trying to figure out, you know, so, you know, for Facebook, it's how do people connect? Well, people need other ways to connect. They need to be able to message people. They want to see updates. But there's, it's looking at that user need, which was really very much around connection. So it's focusing on that one thing and then building out from there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's it's kind of, yeah, it it's, sounds obvious, but then I hear that all the time as well. And I, we have a lot of media owner clients who, who ask, that, I've got to get people to pay for this. That's exactly what their, like, that's exactly what their problem is. Um, because it's, it's kind of inwardly focused. It's 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 um you know it's it's about the the paper or the you know it's and it's not focused on what consumers needs, which which is always tricky. Um, now I am a big fan of minimal vi- viable product. Right, I've, we we've done a bit of you know I'm familiar with lean and um, the experience we've in my experience I'm familiar a bit with lean. We've done a bit of work on that one. Um, and I, I what I liked about that is. It goes back to what you said about, you know, it's not quite fail fast, but it's actually trying and testing things. And minimum viable product is a great is a, is a great way of thinking because you, it has to be market ready. And then you may realize that there ain't no market for, or if you if you take it too far in terms of its prototype, it may be far than it needs or you may find you've got to tweak it and change it. So getting a product out that, that works quite well as a minimum viable thing is, is brilliant. Now, I wasn't at all, you mentioned a second ago, I wasn't familiar with minimum marketable product and minimal minimum lovable product. What's the difference between those three? I, I kind of missed that. So what is it? Like a minimum viable product, a minimum marketable product, and a minimum lovable product. Where They are different things, and why are they different? Yeah, so a minimum viable product might just be the bare bones. So, you know, if you're thinking about news industry, maybe you're trying a new app or a new format, and it's just text. You just pop out the text. And that's you testing the app. Can people get there or not? But it's not. It's just a shitty experience, you know. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fine. But it's not something that anyone's going to go, wow, I love it. So the minimum marketable is like, as marketeers, what's the product that you're happy and confident going out with and not just going, not sure how we're going to get this one out the door. So it's what do we feel confident about marketing it, you know, to gain people in. And minimal lovable is the same. What is it something that is going to get people coming back? You know, so what are we happy putting out? What do we think people are actually going to love coming back to? Because the problem is, is if you launch a new product and you launch it too early or too widely, mm-hmm. if it's not up to scratch or it's buggy or there's problems with it, you're not happy with it. Would you know what? You often only get one shot in launching that. So mm-hmm. it's better to spend a bit longer and go out with a minimum lovable product because it's going to give you better feedback. You know, the sometimes we push the, the tough thing on product is mapping you talked about scrums and, and, and different ways of working is that's kind of very engineering led mm-hmm. if you're creating new things you you can't always work to a roadmap yeah right we try and do these like annual roadmaps or you know for two years five years out is just nuts but actually you're probably better off doing a rough quarter by quarter and looking at here's what we're focusing on here's what we're not focusing on mm. we have the three steps here's priority Here's next in line, and this is what we've decided to discard because it doesn't meet our goals. Because if you keep trying things, like you don't know how long it's going to take to build the minimum level product, and maybe you need to tweak it five times, maybe you need to tweak it ten times. Yeah. But 
the day you it's only a true test if it's actually a product that people are going to come back to it needs to be a real product mm. okay yeah i feel like i'm yeah i know i know a lot more about this now um so I'm so thanks for explaining that all that to me. Um, and it was kind of the idiot's guide too because I didn't know a lot. I didn't know a lot about this terminology um, at the start. But um, yeah, I did. Um, now, can you just tell me a little bit about your organisation? Because we talked a lot about about the media brands. You talked about the Irish Times, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. Talk to me about your organisation. Talk to me about what you do um, and what your who you're working with and what you're working on and 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 like what what are you doing at the moment or is there anything you can tell me about it so so start with your organization then get into kind of some projects that you're you're involved in now sure thing so we are the international news media association so that's the trade association for news media globally so we're the biggest trade association we kind of we focus on this digital transformation and what we need to do to make our businesses sustainable in the future I've got one of the best jobs in the world. So I run the product initiative. And what that means is I basically interview product leaders a lot within news, but sometimes without news because I'm sorry, from outside news because mm-hmm. and from other industries. And I synthesize those as best practices, as insights to our audience of almost 20,000 people. Right. Okay. So, um, and you, do, do, do you publish any of your work? Do you make it? It's only for your your existing news media members. Is there anything that that, that ripples outwards? Do you do any? If anyone's interested in going, I wouldn't mind reading a bit of this or reading that seven step guide. Is there anything that's not confidential? Is there anything that's in the public domain that you guys publish or what? And, and if anyone wants to find out anything else, where where could they go if they want to have a little nosy around? Yeah. So in inma.org is like the best place. That's the website. All of our articles, here's the best hack, all of our articles are open for the first 48 hours that they're published. So oh, you can follow okay. Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. So and as you see them come out, just act on it quickly. And anyone oh, right. can the first 48 hours. If anyone sees anything that they really love, you, they can ping me. Easiest way is to get to me through social media, which is at Jodie, J-O-D-I-E, hop, H-O-P. So J-O-D-I-E-H-O-P. Um, but yeah, no, we, we we put a lot out. It's a membership organisation, so mm. most of it through. But we open up our events and some things externally as well. Okay, well, that's, no, that's cool. So and if you act quick, that's, that's good product. I like that. Act quickly. If you get it within 48 hours, you can get kind of get it and it's available. So that's a good hack. Um, well, Jody, it's been a pleasure. Um, that, that flew by. It's been a pleasure and I really enjoyed talking to you. Um, so thanks for making the time. What time is it there for you now? It's 11.20. 11.20. Okay, well, thank you so much for making the time and you uh, have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day and I hope you enjoy LA and, and I'm, I'm off on holidays to Bulgaria on Friday, so uh, I'll get some sun too. So thanks a million for joining me. Thanks so much. Go and enjoy a drink. It's your evening. Yeah, well, I won't be having any drinks. You're joking me. Um, I'll be going straight home and uh, I have to eat and all that. Now, my miss is away, so I've, I've had a few... I've had Drinks too many nights. I'm going to knock that in the head for a while, so I'm going to be good. But anyway, um, thanks, Jody, and thanks for listening. If you like this episode, listen back to our ever-growing back catalogue. You'll find them by simply typing Irish Times Inside Marketing into your search engine of choice. Thanks to Andrea on sound and Kira in marketing, and thanks to the Irish Times. So until next time, stay safe. Bye. The Inside Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Dentsu and Irish Times Media Solutions.